Dionisio at the plate. He's over two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of Rain Delay Theater, actually kind of like a uh, weird mini So This is the preamble to uh, Rain Delay Theater history class, uh, episode number three. Regardless of what it is, it's the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. I'm Jack Schakowsky. And, um, yeah, Jack, uh, we got um, we got another uh, Rain Delay Theater history class coming up uh, right after, we, uh, after this little check-in, but we wanted to... Tack on a little something fresh here at the beginning of this uh, this episode. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right, Jeremy. Um, uh, and kind of just talk about uh, what's been going on uh, in the world of baseball over the last week. Um, what, yeah, what of, world of baseball? Are there, you know, for Cubs fans, there's been no baseball for days now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true, Jeremy. Uh, they got um, yeah, they got their whole weekend series against the Cardinals canceled. Uh, the Cardinals series against the Pirates has been canceled. Their doubleheader against the Tigers on Thursday has been canceled. And maybe their series over the weekend, too. I say, Jeremy, they got a taxi squad uh, or whatever it is, of 30 guys at some, you know, different site who are basically in a bubble. You know, bust those guys over to St. Louis or wherever they have to go to and have those guys play. What, what are you waiting for? Yeah, they're the new St. Louis Cardinals. Get out yep. there, kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Like, I we've been talking about it, uh, you know, me and you um, – you know, uh, kind of uh, off offline, and like, I mean, at some point, okay, listen, the this whole thing is because they went to a casino and brought back COVID uh, to their team. At some point, the team needs to be punished, and like, right now, both teams are kind of being punished, like because, you know, the Cubs are gonna have to like fit in these double headers like later on in the season, and. Um, uh, it's super annoying, and at some point, it's like the team who like caused this to happen should be punished at some point. And it's like, yeah, either like I was saying, forfeit the games; they should just be forfeited. Uh, but like, um, at the very least, yes, like bring those guys up and have them play. Like, uh, bring up; they should be able to bring up like you know, like ten guys or something, uh, yeah, or like twelve guys, and that's like that's your team. That's your team yeah. for the for the for the series or whatever yeah. for however yeah. long. Because why, why else? Why else are those guys there? Why do you have? Why do you have thirty of them? You know, they got the they got the three man taxi squad where it's like one pitcher, one catcher, and one position player. What you know? What, why do you got thirty extra guys who are supposedly all you know negative for COVID practicing uh, at an alternate site? You know, if if this isn't your you know if it's not for some kind of contingency plan like this, I don't know. And I'm sure the Cardinals don't want to have to do that because you know those right. guys aren't going to be as good as their major leaguers. But in, right. in this situation, they should be forced to do it. I think. Yeah, there's there should be some sort of punitive like uh, actions for for this. I mean, I was saying like you know if 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 this happens a third time, they should definitely do that. But honestly, if it happens a third time, it's gonna it's gonna bag the whole league. The whole league's gonna shut down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it would be you know strike three uh, for baseball, which would be uh, unfortunate. And they you know they can't afford to have another team missing you know two weeks of of games. Uh, it yeah. would be absurd. Uh, the, I, I will say though that. Uh, Last week in Chicago, the Brewers uh, got to call up like a, you know, one of the guys from the thirty-man thing, Mark Mathias. Have the Cubs have the Cubs called up anybody like that? I haven't. I haven't really been. 
Um, they've um, not like any fringe. They've they've been shuffling through their share of pitchers for sure. Uh, Colin Ray <laughs> got the call up, and it was his first like strikeout in four years or something, which is <laughs> crazy. But um, but no, uh, no, no, like kind of like like you know fringe guys or anything. But uh, but yeah, so uh, that's 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 cool. Um, I will say the uh, the Cleveland Indians, I think, are trying to make that make that third strike i guess because um one of the news items that came out uh over the weekend is that the um well the indians i think uh, yesterday it came out that the indians sent home zach plesak because he went they the white Sox uh played the indians in chicago over the weekend um and apparently zach plesak went out saturday night in chicago <laughs> um and it was found out and he was sent home and then today uh clevenger got sent home as well because it was found out that he also I don't know if he went out with Plesac or he just went out on his own but he also went out in Chicago so it's nice to know you know uh we have uh we have like a, a national baseball uh you know uh, attention uh mark here on, on Chicago I guess it's the you know it's a great city uh even when there's COVID going on to go out <laughs> and uh, hit the town I guess <laughs> well yeah I, I don't I don't get it Jeremy you know after everything that's happened like a why doesn't every single team have a, a, a guy or guys uh, specifically policing, um, like hiring people to police these guys so that they don't leave their rooms? Um, you know, that that's my first question. Like why, you know, where's the security breakdown there? But also where's the common sense from these players? Like we're, you know, we're not talking the rest of their lives here. We're just, we're talking what what's now, you know, another month and a half. You know, yeah. and that's all. That's that's all they have to endure. All they have to do is stay in hotel rooms for another month and a half, and then uh, and then that's it. And like apparently they they still can't even do that. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty pathetic. And like, yeah, I mean, I wanted to like you know Mike Clevenger. Um, he's turned out to be maybe he's a little more like Steve Clevenger than, than anybody <laughs> else. But like, um, yeah, I mean, just I it just doesn't make sense. It's like you see that the, especially now, especially now and. And dude, I'm sick and tired of being angry about this stuff too. It's like, I you know, but like, if they they're the next team that screws up, and it's probably gonna like the odds are better that it's gonna happen than it than it not happening. It's like after the first one, I mean, number one, it it shouldn't happen. But even after the first one, even after the second one, like I still there's still fucking guys going out and like and like breaking protocol. Like they're gonna sack the whole league. Like it's crazy. Like. These fucking idiots. So if 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 Zach Plesac and and Mike Clevenger were responsible for like re- ending the 2020 season, like what what would you what could you do to them? Like I would like I would like get a gang of bullies to to, to kick Dan Plesac's ass in front of Mike and send it to Zach Plesac. Say this is what happens, and then like you know Mike Clevenger, they could like shave his head off or something, like shave his hair off, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, these guys should be fucking smacked with fucking wet fish in the street, like fucking yeah. idiots, man. <laughs> beating up the uh, beating up the guy's dad in front of the the guy—that's like reminiscent of True Detective season two, Jeremy. <laughs> Do you remember that scene in True Detective season? Did you ever watch True Detective season two? I, I actually just recently watched uh, for uh, for our, like uh, previous guest Kevin's uh, podcast. I watched. Uh, True Detective season two, a couple episodes, and I ended up watching the whole season. Did Did you see the scene in question that I'm talking about? 
I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Refresh my memory. Is this... Uh, um, okay, so, yeah, all right. I'm, and I'm going to end it with a, uh, a quote that's going get, to get me canceled. But, because uh, it's a great... It's, it's the best moment in True Detective Season 2. So, like, Colin Farrell's kid is getting picked on at school by this other kid. So Colin Farrell goes over to, like, that the bully's house... And, like, the dad answers the door, and Colin Farrell just whoops his ass, like, right in front of the kid. And, like, you know, the dad is, like, down, and he's, like, knocked out. And then Colin Farrell says to the kid, he goes, if you ever pick on my son again, I'll buttfuck your mother with your father's headless corpse. And then he walks away. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there we go. You know, that's the best, that's the best line in uh, True Detective <laughs> Season 2. But that's, that's what should happen to, to Zach Plesak via Dan. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I if, love uh, I love Dan Plesak, but but you know the kid's got to learn a lesson, I guess. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, man, so that's just one of many things that it, that derailed me of my of my opener, Jack. That I wanted to talk about that has that is completely not baseball related. But Jack, I was going to ask you, do you like Taco Bell? Yeah, that's my first job. Oh no way! You worked at a Taco Bell. Oh, maybe you told me. Maybe I knew that from way back yeah. when. I feel like it's odd that that never came up. Yeah, I worked there, uh, you know, when I was probably 14 or 15 years old. Summer after my freshman year of high school, I got a job there. Did you and, operate the, like, the sour cream gun? Would that, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would work oh, the food line, um, you know, sometimes. I, I feel like uh, I, mostly I did drive through and front register just because, like, yeah. the, you know, if you're working the food line, like, you don't have to deal with, like, the customers. So that was what, like, the kind of, like, the veteran, the more veteran people would, like, do. But I did work the food line a couple times, and actually that was kind of fun. But yes, I did work. I did have the sour cream gun for sure. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it's like a caulking gun or something. Um, yeah, yeah, it but, is. Uh, so I uh, before I came before um, we we recorded uh, uh, Jack, I um I was uh, I, I was driving around and I decided to uh, treat myself a little bit with all the crazy. Well, we should say too, uh, we don't have to get into it, but there were some crazy storms in Chicago uh, this afternoon. Um, I felt like I was going to die for a second there, um, like a, like crazy, like potentially up to like 70 mile per hour gusts of wind happened uh, and like uh, a, a plant uh, pot broke inside of my house as I was trying to close the door. It was craziness. Uh, so it was a crazy afternoon here in Chicago and um, I was driving around and I wanted to treat myself to a little Taco Bell. Um, right by my, my house where I grew up, there's a Taco Bell KFC, uh, Taco Bell KFC combo. Um, so I went and got some KFC, and, uh, you know, you're looking at the Taco Bell menu, and I'm like, ah, you know what, throw in a beefy Fritos burrito, okay? That's, a, that's on the dollar uh, menu, so it's a cheap item, a dollar. Um, I go, I pay uh, in the drive-thru, I, I pay. The guy hands me uh, two big bags, and I'm like, what? I, it crossed my mind, I'm like, what, what's going on here? And uh, I, I get the two bags, and... And I'm like, okay, well, I guess they're putting, you know, they put Taco Bell in one bag and KFC in the other if you get both. Um, so uh, I got, I opened the KFC bag and it's my order. Um, it's like uh, two little chicken sandwiches and fries. Um, and then I look in this like big long Taco Bell bag and not, there is no uh, $1 burrito in there, but there is like a big quesadilla and three tacos and like a ton of sauce. Um, so I got like a whole like combo meal from Taco Bell for like a dollar and I got charged the right price. So I just kept like, I ate my food and then I'm just like digging in this bag. I didn't even know what was in there, but I just kept pulling stuff out and just eating it. So I, I had like all these tacos and 
the problem is is that they don't reheat well so i kind of had to eat it all <laughs> like while it was warm so that's what i'm working with right now so so uh wait I, i'm trying to uh un- understand what ha- what happened in this story so you got yeah. you, you went to the kfc taco bell you yes. got um you got you wanted kfc but you also wanted to get taco bell is that right yeah yeah i so, ordered like a, a combo meal from kfc and then i just added on like one little like one dollar burrito from taco bell Okay, but then they ended up giving you extra food. Is yeah, basically they gave what me, happened. They gave me my KFC order, and then they gave me like a whole another meal from Taco Bell. Uh, so, so yeah, so I I paid like seven dollars for my for the all the food, and I got like I don't know, I, maybe fifteen dollars worth of food or something. I I, I definitely nice, uh, nice. came out ahead on that one. Yeah, you, uh, you did. Do you do you remember uh, the time when we went to Taco Bell together? Um, you don't, ooh. do you? Do you remember what you said to me? Oh, you're gonna <laughs> love this. You're gonna love this. So it was, it was late. Maybe it was after a game or something. I don't know. Whatever. It was really late, and we were at Taco Bell, and like, you know, I think my order was like, I ordered like three quesadillas. The only reason I remember this is because, uh, because you met, you brought up quesadillas. So like, I ordered three quesadillas. You ordered whatever you ordered. And for some reason, it was taken. It was either taken a long time, or like they didn't separate the food in the bags. And you, you went. You said to me, "You're like, yeah, you and your million quesadillas." That was what. Yeah, you, you criticized me for getting like a, you know, for just having like quesadillas be my order. You were like, yeah, you and your fucking million quesadillas. Um, it, was, it was a gross. It was a gross exaggeration. I just had three. But uh, so yeah. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, I, I do. I do like Taco Bell. Um, uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, one more thing, the great thing about working at Taco Bell was that if, you know, if there was downtime, you could make yourself whatever you wanted, like things that weren't on the menu, you know, you could combine any, yeah, you could combine any kind of, uh, any kind of food items you wanted to. So instead of like a cheesy gordita crunch, uh, like I would use like a chalupa instead of the gordita. I'm surprised I didn't think of that. Uh, but you know, I always thought that was a pretty good invention. Uh, but to answer your question, Jeremy, yeah, I like Taco Bell. <laughs> very nice very nice um <laughs> yeah i uh you know i hope uh we were uh you know clear mind uh in that taco bell drive-through uh, <laughs> um but um yeah so uh that was a that was a that was a, a nice perk i guess if, if taco bell isn't trying to kill me with the extra food which i don't need but um uh yeah so i just i, I couldn't uh i couldn't pass that up um so um yeah, hopefully, luckily, this is a short, this is a, little, a short little check-in because I may fall asleep here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so another thing, Jack, uh, you know, just to run down our list here, um, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but Zach Granke um, started, I think it was in Oakland. Um, he yeah, cause, yeah, cause it must have been Friday night maybe because Houston was playing Oakland this weekend, as we know uh, from uh, Ramon Laureano, which we might talk about here in a second. But um, Zach Granke started one of those games, and before the game. He was like sitting by himself, not in the dugout at the end of the dugout, but in the stands themselves, like in the like the third row of like the box seats behind like the dugout. So they like the game was starting and like the broadcasters like, you know, got him on video and and, you know, they're just like that. That's that cranky. He's a real interesting guy or something. And I think maybe uh-huh. the, I think maybe one of the guys was like, yeah, you know, if you ever talk to someone who played with Zach cranky, they'll they'll tell you, you know. It was never a dull moment with him or something. And so I feel like these were all just like you like like polite ways of saying like this guy's a fucking asshole like who no one can stand basically. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, you know, they say that he is a, a real weirdo, um, and that like yeah. he that that like he has no filter, or that he'll just like you know, you'll ask him something and he'll just be like brutally honest with you. Um, uh, one one, and he does other weird stuff too. Like one time they were saying that Alex Gordon, I was reading a reading a story about him, and they said that Alex Gordon was like in a slump. And so, you know, Zach Reinke, uh, you know, they do say he's like a student of the game. So he, he took uh, he took Alex Gordon back to the video room and he's like, hey, come here. Like, I want to show you something as if he was going to, like, give Alex Gordon, like, you know, some some advice or maybe something that he noticed that Alex Gordon was doing at the plate. So he pulls Alex Gordon back to the video room and he, he flicks on the TV and he shows Alex Gordon a clip of himself, Zach Reinke, hitting a home run. And then he's just like, yeah, you should do more of that. And then he like walked out of the room, and so he's just <laughs> he's got like a, a strange sense of humor. Did he? So was this this was before his start though, or was this between innings yeah. that he was sitting? It was before the game started. So like I think he went. I think he like literally because he was wearing his jacket, and then he took the jacket off and like put it in the seat. Like if you were going up to like go get like a you know a soda or a beer or something, he just like stuffed it in the seat and then walked yeah, sure. out the field and started and like and you know threw the first pitch or whatever. Um, it was just bizarre, uh, you know, just another bizarre, you know, image from, from this weird 2020 season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, just, you know, and we've, we've, uh, we had Zach Ranky on the show, uh, you know, last season too, uh, to, to give a little sound. We did. So, I, yeah. I guarantee you too, that he's been, um, lobbying to like DH at least, sure. you know, if he can, um, in this strange season, uh, I, I, cause he's, he's, an, it's known that he loves to hit. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to like get him a start at, at DH, um, you know, for one of these games, I could definitely see it be a fun novelty. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that wasn't fun was, uh, uh, the Ramon Laureano, uh, uh, A's, uh, Astros brawl that happened yesterday in baseball. Um, I yeah so you've all heard of it by now um but uh yeah it's it was kind of crazy um I saw that um you know we were Jack me and you were talking about it yesterday and we were thinking about like how Dusty was going to probably defend uh Alex Cintron his coach um he he just said like he feel he's beside himself or something like with you know This is what this is what Dusty Baker Dusty Baker said he was beside yeah. himself yeah, something like that. Um, and, like, I'm pretty sure that's the exact phrase that they used. Um, and, uh, you know, they said that um, uh, they had a meeting about it. And he's like, there wasn't really much to say. Like, we just we just talked about it. And he's like, we haven't heard anything from the league. Um, and it's like, he kept, oh, he said he's remorseful. That's what he said. Um, but he's like, yeah, you know, we talked to him. Uh, he's, he feels remorseful. There's not much else we can say. Uh, we haven't heard anything from the league. And he said that, like, twice, like, but it's like who cares like that's not that's beside the point like what are you gonna like and he's like it already happened and you know so whatever uh and it's like okay this you know this is what this is like his his message it's like well we can't change what happened it's like (laughs) just completely no accountability again from dusty baker not and i shouldn't be shouldn't be surprised but um it's just it's just absurd well uh i think that makes two bench clearing brawls if you could call the Dodgers one that uh, in the last three weeks for that team. Um, yeah. I don't know if any blows were actually exchanged in the Dodgers one, but, you know, the benches did clear, and it was a big, uh, a big, a big to-do. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that's going to be the last time that the Astros benches uh, 
clear in a game either. Um, you know, I have think, they played the Yankees yet? I don't know. Oh, no, they're not going to. They're not going to yeah, play they, the Yankees. I guess they they won't play the Yankees at least until the playoffs. Um, yeah. But the last, yeah, the last thing that the Astros need uh, is an old school manager like Dusty Baker. Um, I mean, Dusty Baker was like the guy who presided over that Reds team where like Johnny Cueto kicked Jason Larue. So yeah. you know, I don't. I think you know. I, I don't think the Astros need a guy like that uh, at the helm right now. No, no, that's not that's not a winning combination. Um, so whatever. So like, uh, Alex Cintron should be he should be banned for the year. I think like it's just it's crazy. Like taunting. Like I mean, obviously Loriano shouldn't have charged him, but like, what the hell is the coach doing? And like they were saying like. Um, uh, I saw like a news thing on my phone that said like, um, we know what sparked the 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 brawl, and it was some and it was something that uh, Astros coach said derogatorily about Loriano's mother. And like, <laughs> I think he called him like a, a a puto or something, which I think means bitch or motherfucker. I don't know. Uh-huh. But like, I don't know. Like, I you can hear it on the record on the uh, the video, and it's like I I mean I don't know. It's I I don't know why. You know, like, Loriano came from the Astros organization. Like, I don't know if, like, him and Cintron had, like, a, a run-in at some point. Like, it was just weird, like, that the hitting coach was just, like, so animated. Um, and, like, he, he had to, like, get in the middle of it all. I, it just didn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, so that was a mess. But Yeah, and uh, uh, also when, when Loriano charged him, it, it was weird because, like, right before he got to Cintron – looks like he fell over like he wasn't he wasn't really tackled by Garneau like he wasn't he wasn't gonna make yeah. it to Alex Cintrone it, it was like a weird uh, just like it's a al- weird angle that he took at him it's almost like when um like the runners are running to catch a slicing foul ball and then they like slide to kind of stop themselves to from running into the wall it almost looked like he kind of like yeah like kind of like dipped his knee down to like stop him or something it was it was it was weird um and yeah and he was like kind of I don't know if he was trying to like go under he was already Anticipating, anticipating Garneau trying to tackle him, and he, he was trying to like maybe slide under him or something. I don't know, but it was the whole thing was weird. Um, Jack, I oh go ahead. No, I was going to say it was weird. And Jeremy, you don't see an opposing. Well, I guess you saw it last year with Amir Garrett, but you don't you don't see an opposing player run at another team's dugout very often. So for, that's pre- precisely for that reason. Yeah, like because someone's going to stop you. Uh, from from doing it, let alone you know there'll be a whole mob of people pounding on you. Um, so yeah, that doesn't that's not the best move. Um, I mean, maybe that's why Cintron was like kind of like calling him over because he didn't think like, well, the guy's not going to come over here to fight me because all these you know he's running into a, a bench full of uh, enemies. But uh, I maybe you know he called his bluff, I guess, or something. I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was that was wacko. Um, but um, I, I sent you Jack uh, some audio that that we picked up in the um, in the uh, from the video itself. Um, I want to I want to get the exact thing that the guy said. Um, so he goes, you you can hear someone uh, after like the the umps were trying to put them back in their respective uh, dugouts. You hear someone say like, I need my fucking shades, and he's like. Yeah, don't worry. We'll f- we'll get your shade. We'll find your shades. The um, the like head umpire said that, uh, and it, it was it was a pretty funny sound bite of all the different sound bites that, you know, we're gonna hear this year. Like, don't worry, we'll find them. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a pretty pretty good sound bite. After all that, the guy was just trying to get his, his sunglasses back. 
Yeah, it was. I wonder if he ever got him. I guess we'll never. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess we'll probably never know. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Someone probably stepped on. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I had mentioned uh, Johnny Cueto. Um, Johnny Cueto took a no-hit bid into the sixth inning. Um, uh, I think it was on Saturday night. You know, yeah. and they were making a big deal out of it, but like it was just it was just into the sixth inning. It's not like it was. Exactly. You got you got a long way to go. You know, you shouldn't even really be thinking about a no. Like that that's like the first time you should start thinking maybe you can get a no hitter is the sixth inning. Yeah, and and he he lost it. We should say he quote unquote lost it in the sixth inning because Hunter Pence uh, lost the ball in the lights and it went it landed like a hundred feet by, like behind him. Um, and he like lost the no hitter because of that. Uh, but yeah, I saw that. I saw people talking about that. I'm like, I'm like, what inning was it? The sixth? Like, come on, give me a break. Yeah, this isn't a this isn't a big deal. I, I guess I got I got two questions about that. One, why is Hunter Pence playing the field? Like, all the teams have the DH now. So whoever the heck was at DH at this point is probably a better outfielder than Hunter Pence. So that's number one. Uh, but number two, after the game, Johnny Cueto was like, yeah, you know. Like, who knows how far I could have gone in that game if it wasn't for the missed ball. Um, and that's just, like, that's just a shitty thing to say. You know, you don't, like, <laughs> you don't throw your teammate, especially a guy like Hunter Pence, who's won two, at least two, like, World Series with the Giants. I think he was on the, he was on the 14 team. I'm not sure. I think he was on the 12 team. Maybe. So. Yeah. But, you know, and Hunter Pence has been in the league forever. Uh, you don't throw a guy like that under the bus. But even if it was a rookie, like, you still don't throw him under the bus. Like, you just, you know, if you're Johnny Cueto and you're a veteran pitcher, you say, well, you know, that, that's part of the game. It happens. And it was only the sixth inning. Like, I had a long way to go. Like, don't act like the no-hitter was, like, a sure thing if Hunter Pence hadn't missed that ball. Well, yeah, exactly. And also, like, you know, and I know Johnny Cueto's been around, but, like, he hasn't pitched a good game, like, like a, a meaningful inning i would say in maybe like what four years or something like it was in i think the last meaningful like appearance he had was in the game one of the 2016 nlds against the cubs yeah like, yeah um you know i i think he pitched in 2017 but um maybe was that the year that he got when he went out with injury and he's just been yeah. kind of like barely around since then yeah he's just completely disappeared i remember he actually it was him versus lester right and he actually pitched a yeah. pretty good game in that in that nlds game one um, nothing game yeah yeah but um to the he hasn't been re- relevant in a long time so in a way no. i could see i could see why he'd be frustrated at losing a you know a quote unquote no hitter but yeah it's yeah. it's the it, it was the sixth inning not even you know you had nine plus outs at least to get there so like let's let's all relax as far as far as that's concerned, I will say though, yeah. Jeremy. After like you know, um, you know, so Hunter Pence loses a ball in the lights, and the guy gets a triple. And after Christian Yelich's uh, inside the park uh, abomination against the White Sox uh, <laughs> okay. last last week, you know, th- I think sometimes that like some common sense has to go into scoring those bad outfield plays. Like the one with the one, Eli Jimenez. You know, he should have had that ball. And if a guy loses a ball in the lights, is it really fair to the the pitcher that like the guy the the position player should get a hit? I think the official ruling on that is that it, it has to hit the outfielder's glove for it to be an error, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah if, yeah, if a guy loses a ball in the lights, like I think the outfielder should get an error. I don't think it's fair to the pitcher to to give the guy a hit. Yeah, or like um, you know, an act of God or something. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like. Uh, 
it, it doesn't make sense either way. Um, perhaps this is a, 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 an instance we overlooked for our uh, new baseball vocabulary. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we got the list going for episode two, for installment number two of that. So um, Right, right. Yeah. Uh, an um, act of God. I like that, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so, yeah, uh, just a couple other things. I, I saw that Bryce Harper hit, like, a bomb homer today. But besides that, Jack, when was the last time that you heard uh, Bryce Harper's name mentioned? I feel like... I haven't not heard it mentioned at all this season uh, or even like leading up to the season at all. No. Um, yeah, certainly not. Certainly not this season. Um, and really, the, the Phillies were pretty irrelevant last year, too, which was his first uh, his first season with them. So, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how San Francisco is like a baseball wasteland. But, uh, you know, Philadelphia isn't doing too much better in that regard. Um, you know, it was a, no. it was supposed to be a big deal when they signed JT Real Muto. But, uh, he, you know, he might as well be anonymous now, too. But yeah, you really haven't been hearing anything about Bryce Harper. And, you know, he's got one of the biggest contracts in baseball, second maybe to Mike Trout. So, you know, he's got he's to maybe step it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, I think, um, you know, him and Chris Bryant, I think in the national conversation have, have fallen back big time um, from what they were, like, at their peak. Um but uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy. I, I maybe the last time Bryce Harper did anything relevant was was when he threw Rizzo out uh, at that game we were at from right field. Um, I remember. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a that, that was a good play. Yeah, um, and actually, yeah, we, we're we're like two for two in terms of going to Bryce Harper games and seeing him throw guys out at the plate because I think <laughs> I think he did it in the Nationals White Sox game too. You know, guys just love to test Bryce Harper's arm. Well, it's good because I, I love to see the uh, the outfield cutoff like that, so um, or the outfield assist. Uh, so that's one of my favorite things. Um, and then uh, the last thing I have is um, I saw a story on MLB uh, MLB dot uh, com today that um, <laughs> the Blue Jays are finally opening up in Buffalo tomorrow. Oh yeah, against against the Marlins of all teams. But I'm like, you know, we're like what we're like three weeks into the season at this point. Yeah, and, and yeah. like. You know, and the 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 uh, the Blue Jays have not had a home game, so it turns out that they they played those two home games in Washington against Washington. They were the home team, uh, but then they had they're supposed to have three games against the Phillies that got canceled uh, during their COVID scare, and then they've just been on the road since then. So like, I mean, not that Buffalo is their home anyway, but it's just kind of funny that like they they have not even like that hasn't even been an issue yet. Um, for them to like you know not have a home game uh so finally yeah they like they like did up all this like decoration for the blue jays in buffalo so it like you know feels like their home stadium and stuff but like uh i, I it's just kind of crazy that I, I mean i think this is like the third week that we've been that we've been playing right um yeah baseball yeah mm-hmm. and uh yeah so they're 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 finally gonna have their home opener i guess their buffalo home opener so uh that should be fun for them yeah. i guess That'll, that'll be interesting. You know, I, I wonder if people in Buffalo will now become, uh, you know, huge Blue Jay fans. If they weren't already, I don't know if they root for the Blue Jays or the Yankees or the Mets or, or what. But, uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if the city of Buffalo rallies around them. Um, <laughs> you know, they, the, the, none of the people can go to the games. So, uh, so there's that. There's going to be that yeah. disconnect. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, think it'll be, I think it's actually kind of cool, the idea of a major league team playing in a minor league town. 
So, uh, yeah. you know, it, yeah. we'll see yeah. how, it, how it goes for him. It'll be cool. I already, like, looked at, like, the field, and, like, you can see, like, the expressway from, like, over the left field corner, just, like, one of those, like, minor league ballpark oddities so yeah it'll be interesting to see the guys playing in there like you know maybe vlad will like crank a homer onto the <laughs> expressway and cause an accident or something i don't know <laughs> um, but uh but yeah so that'll be interesting um well yeah so i don't know jack you got anything else yeah jeremy i think i think that's good um uh what who's our uh who's on tap for the uh the the baseball history lesson or is it a surprise no, well, 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 it'll be a surprise, but uh, well, it won't be because it'll be in the title. So we can just go ahead and say that it's going to be Jim Maloney. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. So we did record this a while back, uh, folks. So we just wanted to add like something a little fresh here at the beginning. Um, but uh, yeah, you'll hear me uh, present uh, Jim Maloney uh, to Jack, and uh, interesting uh, pitcher, not well-known guy, um, but uh, had a couple moments in the sun, I guess. And uh, you'll hear about it on the on the history class coming up. All right, Jeremy. That sounds good to me. I look forward to hearing that history class. All right. Uh, so for next time, uh, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Stay tuned for Randall Theater History Class coming up next. Attention, attention. Rain Delay Theater History Class is now in session. No, you may not get up to go to the bathroom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater History Class. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Class is in session, folks, so shut your mouth and take a seat. Uh, <laughs> all right, John. Jeremy, I think I'm getting senioritis here. <laughs> well, um... There's a, I don't know, there's a special on ABC where uh, Kevin Hart is wishing you a great graduation, so uh, <laughs> tune into that. Um, so let's see, uh, by the way, yeah, not ever, like, not making one uh, effort to make this an evergreen episode whatsoever, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Jack, all right, yeah. so we got another episode here, and um, for this uh, edition... I want to introduce a pitcher by the name of Jim Maloney. Jim Maloney, okay. Yes. I don't I've never um, never heard of him. Okay, that's perfect. Um that's what we're looking for here. All right. Um so I will say that I did come across Jim Maloney. I only heard of him because I pulled a old baseball card of him from a, a new set. Uh okay. we've talked about this before. But uh, Topps Baseball releases a line of cards called Heritage every year, um, and they do a different design. And I think um, the year they were doing the 1969 design, so that was like two years ago, um, they put these, they put, they they get these, they call them buybacks, um, old cards, and they package them up and they put them randomly inside of boxes of the new cards. Cool. So, um, yeah, so it's very cool. It's a chance to, I love it personally. Like the cards are beat up and stuff, but they put like a new stamp on it, like saying like, you know, 30th anniversary or 50th anniversary. Um, but I think it's cool because it gives you a chance to like, Oh, I'll Google this guy and find out what their deal is. And that's what happened with this Jim Maloney. Um, interesting for me to find out that the guy had thrown multiple no hitters in his career um, wow that that is uh yeah i, I i've got him up here jeremy um it looks like he hit at his peak he actually had some very good years but i uh i yeah the no hitters tell me more yeah so um uh let's see so 
they say that he was one of the hardest throwing pitchers of the 1960s. Oh, so I'll say um, real quick that uh, he's currently eight, 79 years old. Uh, he's from Fresno, California. Uh, he debuted in 1960. Um, he went to uh, Cal Berkeley, uh, so another California dude. Okay. Um, and um, he yeah, he pitched from 1960 to 1971. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, the 60s were his his bread and butter. And yeah, so they say that he was uh, one of the the fastest uh, clocked pitchers in uh, the 60s. Um, and he topped out at 99 miles per hour, I guess, at his highest. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, so, 99 miles per hour in the 60s, huh? Yeah, apparently. That's I mean, crazy. Um, yeah, I, you know, you wonder, <laughs> you see those pictures. I think it's Bob Feller who, like, threw the ball against, like, the motorcycle or whatever. Yes. Um, so uh, you wonder what they, you know, I assume they probably had some some uh, primitive version of the speed gun at that point sure. in the 60s. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you don't really hear too much about guys throwing that hard back then. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, in 1965, uh, on June 14th against the Mets, um, the first, uh, let's say no hitter with a asterisk happened for Jim Maloney. Okay. Um, he was pitching, uh, against the Mets. He had no hits, uh, through 10 scoreless innings, uh, obviously scoreless. Um, he struck out 18 and walked one. Oof. All right. Um, but, a rookie right fielder, I guess, for the Mets, Johnny Lewis, came up to bat in the top of the 11th and uh, hit a home run. Uh, and Maloney lost the no hitter, and he, you know, they 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 went up, they went behind one nothing, and I believe that's how the game ended. So, uh, but Maloney pitched ten uh, hitless innings. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. They, I yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, at the time, though, that was recognized as a no-hitter because he no-hit them through nine, I guess. So it was com- it was considered a no-hitter at that moment. I, I, love, uh, I, I love the John Wayne attitude of just, like, you know, pitching nine innings, no-hitter, pitching ten, still no-hits. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm just going to go out there for the 11th inning. Like, I'm not coming out of this game. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Jeremy, like, Dusty Baker has lost jobs for less than that. You know, yeah, no, um, yeah. people, if, if a guy, if a starting pitcher pitched uh, even a 10th, like, uh, scoreless inning nowadays, like, people would be, people would be up in arms. People would be calling for that manager to be arrested. Um, yeah, so, true. so yeah, you gotta, you gotta love how, like, nobody even batted an eye that Jim Maloney would, would come out for an 11th inning back then. So, yeah, good for him. So they, they counted that as a no hitter with an asterisk. Yeah. They did it. They did up until like, as far as I could tell, only like a couple weeks or something, because um, they later took it away from him. Okay. 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 Uh, saying that, yeah, he it it, it didn't count. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, yeah, because it says the rules were later changed, but I think um, uh, he threw another one later that season. So okay. that's why. Wow. And um, so. Um, and uh, oh, the other thing I was gonna say is like, yes, he did go out to pitch eleven innings. I will say that he, you know, only lasted. Uh, I guess he lasted twelve years. So, but he did have <laughs> injury problems. So I don't know. <laughs> say what you will. Um, but uh, okay, so his second no hitter uh, uh, was two months later, August nineteenth, um, and it also required ten innings. Good lord. <laughs> it was you know, against that, the that's, Cubs. Yeah, uh, at this point, Jeremy, that's that's on the offense. I mean, you know, if he's no hitting he, well, the team, yes. 
you know, he's no hitting the team. Obviously, they have zero runs. Like, you got to score some runs for this guy. It's 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 painful. And there's another guy, actually, um, I don't know if I should even tip my hand, but there's another uh, there's another guy who I want to uh, who maybe I will do for the for our next in, uh, episode who had uh, similar uh, no hit uh, misfortune, let's say. Um, so I'm not going to say his name, but uh, I will. Uh, um, I think I might do him for the next episode. So just a little mental note there. All right. Um, but so the game, uh, you know, went nine innings, no hits, no runs, um, went into the 10th. Um, and uh, I guess leading off that inning, um, uh, let's see who it was. Leo, Carden- Leo Cardenas uh, hit a home run. Uh, in the top of the tenth, it hit off the foul pole, the left field foul pole. Jack, uh, oh, and okay, and so that was off of uh, Larry Jackson, who again, um, also, uh, yeah, he, he he was pitching a great game as well for the Cubs, um, and it ended up uh, that home run ended up being the difference, and uh, it it counted um, as a as a no hitter uh, finally for for Jim Maloney. Uh, Jack, there is footage of this on YouTube. Really. Yes, of the like tenth, the whole tenth inning, which is pretty awesome. Oh wow, that is yeah, that is pretty awesome. Um, let's see. So I have a note here. This it was the first no hitter in modern major league history, in which the pitcher who threw it went more than nine innings. Um, so yeah, so I guess because the other one didn't count, this was the first like nine inning plus no hitter in history. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, that's pr- pretty interesting. That's I had to read that a couple times to make sure that I was getting that right. Do you remember, uh, Jeremy, do you remember, this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but do you remember Luis Sardinas? <laughs> um, the name sounds, yeah, I think I can picture the name. But. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that would be like Leo Cardenas would be the name like Luis Sardinas would use in like witness protection or something, you know, so just <laughs> yeah, like the same exactly. name, but like changing one letter. But uh, wow, yeah, that I mean, that's really interesting, though, that the guy threw that twice, he, he was able to throw two, uh, two games of 10 hit. 10 inning no hit ball yeah it's wild it is wild i will uh let's see so in that game itself maloney struck out 12 he also had 10 walks in that game he threw 187 pitches jack oh 187 pitches yes yes oh my god i you know how i don't know how many johan santana threw when he uh blew out his arm with the mets but I can't imagine it was that many. How many? How many pitches did Mark Pryor throw in that game that Dusty Baker, uh, you know, in the in the in Game Six of of two thousand three? Um, that's a good question. I do not know that, but I will say that the the comp that I would that I know from that is Edwin Jackson's no hitter. Oh he, yeah, he walked eight guys and he threw one hundred forty nine pitches in that game. Oh good lord. Okay, so and so, so we're talking about almost uh, you know almost fifty more pitches than that. Uh, yeah, it's wild. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, Jeremy, that he probably had to, had to ice his arm down after that one. I think so. This this video is really interesting, Jack, and I and I definitely uh, will um, will get this on the website, uh, a link to the video. But it's it's the WGN feed, and um, he throws the no hitter, and then like uh, Jack is it? Uh, no, it's Lou Boudreau, I think, mm-hmm. um, comes out and and another guy, and they interview him on the field, which like. You would think that Jim Maloney would be ready to just fucking pass out after this, but he gives right. an on-field interview, and he's wow. like, you know, completely courteous and like, you know, well-spoken, like very generous with his time and everything. Uh, it's pretty wild to see. 
Um, but it's really cool. Like you see this, uh, the, the footage of him and like, he looked like he was a hard thrower. Like he just, I don't know. He was a tall, like uh, guy. Uh, let's see what baseball reference has him at six foot two, one ninety. but uh-huh. he's just like a wide dude. Like he had like wide hips. He, he, he wasn't a slender guy at all. So he just seemed like he kind of just, you know, kind of fired it in there basically. Um, and, uh, used his, like his, his size, his frame to kind of get to that, those high, uh, mile per hour uh, readings, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He, um, yeah. And, uh, Jeremy, like he, you know, good for him in 1965. He did, he did achieve 20 wins, which is cool. Yep. Um, he threw 30 complete game shutouts for his career. So, uh, so that's pretty darn good. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like, uh, his, his peak, uh, yeah, and he won 23 games in 1963. So, so yeah, he, he seems like this, uh, uh kind of, uh, really good, sort of overlooked, uh, pitcher who, who, who only had a, a couple of, like, peak good years, but if he could have, uh, had a little more longevity, um, with that, like, I think he would have been a little bit better known. Um, but like you yeah. said, he was a hard thrower. So, and, and the, you know, the, the pitch counts, um, you know, he just probably maybe wasn't able to sustain that for a, for a longer period of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just he was just just a hoss, I guess you would call him. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see his. So then, um, so if those no hitters weren't enough, um, his he threw a second no hitter, uh, April thirtieth, nineteen sixty nine. Uh huh. Um, he they beat they beat the Astros ten to nothing. Uh, this is at the old Crosley Field in Cincinnati, and it was caught by a twenty year old uh, Johnny Bench. Wow, so very, really? Very, yeah, very early, uh, you know, no hitter caught by uh, a young Johnny Bench. That yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I mean, he so he he seems like he was um, well, he was obviously teammates with Pete Rose too, because Rose debuted in nineteen sixty two. But yeah, he was. Uh, it seems like he he kind of would have been getting out of Cincinnati right before the those all of those guys on the Big Red Machine uh, right right before they became the Big Red Machine. Um, yeah, exactly. He just missed that. And what's kind of sad too is that in 1969 he was only 29 years old. Um, you know, yeah. his career ended at age 31. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, his career was. It seems like it was cut short. Um, I don't know if it was, it was by injury or what. But uh, but yeah, he was he was certainly not old by any means. He was maybe entering. He was maybe in his prime in in 1969, or at least maybe just a year or two past it. Um, but yeah, that's that's very cool that bench uh, bench caught that that no hitter. Yeah, very cool. Um, and then, so then, uh, the next, the very next night, uh, the Astros ended up no hitting the Reds. Um, oh wow, which is pretty wild. And so it says the the double no hitters in consecutive games was the second such occurrence in Major League history. Um, Gaylord Perry and Ray Washburn uh, did the same thing only several only. Uh, a few months earlier at the end of the 1968 season. So in September 1968, there were back-to-back no-hitters. And then in 69, there were back-to-back no-hitters. And that was, uh, you know, against teams playing each other. Um, wow. And uh, those were, I, you know, I'm trying to think of of other back-to-back no-hitters. I don't think that there have, there might not have been since then. So there no. were two in consecutive years and then none since maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and yeah, Gaylord Perry, uh, he would be another interesting guy to do, even though he's a little bit more famous. But uh, sure. but yeah, I think he was the famous uh, cheater, if I'm not mistaken, right? Was he the guy who like I... who would put like uh, Vaseline or just yeah, he would he would cheat, he would doctor up the balls and stuff. Isn't he the guy who would do that? 
Yeah, I think I believe so. Like almost as like a uh, model for uh, Harris from uh, yes. Major League, right? Right, yeah. right, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and he had a lot of weird mannerisms too before he would pitch. Um, but uh, yeah, so he was also a good hitter, Jim Maloney. He had seven career homers. Um, hit two hundred one, two hundred one, which not too bad for a pitcher, I would say. No, no. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've always wondered, Jeremy, if if there was a time when like, did pitchers always did did all pitchers always suck at hitting, or was there like a there or, or was there a point where yeah. it just kind of fell off a cliff? I, I don't I don't know. Maybe like when the DH uh, came into play, uh, which I guess would have been the early seventies, probably. But um, but yeah, uh, seven career home runs and a two hundred one average. I mean, that's you know, you got to pitch to him like he's an actual hitter. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so, and he also had a bat in that uh, tenth inning too, which was pretty brutal. Uh, oh man! In the, in the video that I watched. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, so uh, let's see. He was um, he was elected to the Reds Hall of Fame in 1973. Uh, he was an All Star in 1965, which he had a really good year that year. Um, and uh, that's Jim Maloney. Nice, Jeremy. And you know, one thing, one thing here. I, I don't know when this would have occurred, but I, I saw that in 1961 uh, he played one game in the outfield for one inning. So I don't know oh, what okay. I don't know what happened there, but it looks like he played one inning of left field in 1961. So I don't I, know. Yeah, I wonder if they did like a double switch and then put him back in or something. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that was just a little. Uh, as I was looking through his baseball reference here, that was just a, a cool little thing. Well, yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, that was a, a really uh, interesting one, uh, Jim Maloney. I want to. I want to see that YouTube video now, and I, uh, you know, I, I kind of wish I would have gotten to see him pitch because he sounds like a, he would have been a fun guy to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of modern day comps, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say because. Um, there's different factors going along. My the first one that jumped out to me was Mike Fires because he he's like an unknown guy who has two no hitters. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Jim Maloney, you know, blew the whistle on anybody. You know, is is he is he the reason people know about Gaylord Perry or you know who yeah, who right. who knows? But uh, but yeah, okay, yeah, Mike Fires. Uh, he is blew a, the whistle on uh, Bill on Bill Spaceman Lee. <laughs> yeah, uh, what would be the yeah? Who is the uh, the the old equivalent of uh, uh, John Carlos Stanton in uh, in the National League? Like, I wonder Ooh. if Jim Maloney threw it his uh, threw it his face. Yeah, 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 right. Um, um, but yeah, I, in terms of like you know output, you know maybe like a Kerry Wood, a hard thrower who didn't really have like huge longevity in the league. Uh huh. You know, yeah. kind of a workhorse. Yeah, when he when he was when he was healthy, when he was right, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and and you know, Kerry Wood was a, a big kind of a big tall guy uh, too. So um, so yeah, I, I like I like that comp, Jeremy, and also yeah, really hard thrower. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I, you know, these are the kinds of guys who I think this segment is all about. So um, happy to uh, inform people about Jim Maloney. All right. All right. So uh, that'll do it for this uh, installment. Uh, we'll catch you next time on Randall Theater History Class. All right. See you later. Bye.